Good evening and welcome to It's 11. It's heaven for Jamie Vardy, the Leicester City podcast by mainly Leicester City fans. I've got one very happy not Leicester City fan tonight and the rest of us are Leicester City fans. Uh, this episode, we'll start off, we'll talk about the Aston Villa game, but we're joined tonight by uh, Neil from Beyond the 90. Neil, how's things going? Um, apart from football, well, but you know you know how it is for Leicester. We'll probably get into that in a bit, but... No, Mark, again, we've been trying to organise for a while, so thanks for finally having me on. This is the collab everyone's been waiting for, isn't it? It's like Jay-Z and Beyonce or something. <laughs> uh, I, I'm guessing you're Beyonce in this one then. <laughs> yes, it's my boobs. Uh, <laughs> no, it's great to have you with us. Just tell us a little bit about your, your time with Beyond the 90 so far, because you guys have been getting some some good work going on. Uh, a lot of stuff in the women's game happened, isn't there, that, that you guys have been a part of? Yes, we started out just the three of us, so myself, Ant and James, and then eventually like like you said we, we've got to we've managed to find this unbelievable community online um yourself included mark and it's been kind of this whole little leicester city community which we didn't know existed and um we've managed to find yeah do some leicester women's men's stuff and um we just started during the pandemic because you know what it's like you couldn't meet up during because of the pandemic so we thought well why not stick it online and um yeah it seems to be doing going all right so yeah so we've, we cover men's football women's football um so yeah just really enjoying just talking about football like and again it's kind of nostalgic at the moment because it's like talking about Leicester when we were terrible which reminds me of when I started watching Leicester City (laughs) so how long have you been a Leicester fan yourself are you a Leicester lad yeah yeah Leicester lad I grew up in the city so um went to the games my family's not really into it so it was my I think we got I think in the Leicester Mercury there were cheaper tickets one time in the FA Cup game or something so we went down and I missed every single goal. I think it was a 2000. It was Matt Elliott got, it was like, we were 2-1 down. We ended up winning 3-2 against Millwall of all teams. Like my dad had any idea who the opponent was at the time. Um, Either that or your dad just didn't like you. That's the, uh... (laughs) I'm still here. So neglect wasn't that bad. Um, But yes, apart from that, um, I kind of just got suckered in um, to, to the atmosphere and everything. Again, I'm three two. I missed every single goal that went in because I was about eight years old, and everybody stood up, and I was like, "Right, okay, I'm just going to celebrate with everybody." But I can't, didn't see a thing. Um, but apart from that, yeah, I've started supporting them. It's weird because when I used to go, I didn't quite understand what was happening, and nobody was explaining to me. I was like, "Okay, Paul Dickoff seems quite good. I quite like him." Um, and then it kind of, and then slowly you just kind of moved on, and then you you learn about tactics of formations and things like that. So. My journey, I don't know. It kind of started, my first game, I think, was in 2002. And then I started properly getting into them about, yeah, Matty Fryer, Ian Hume days, and then just kind of followed them from there on out. You got your Ian Hume shirt there, Tom. To, is, it, is it around? I'm not in the room, I'm afraid. Tom, 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 Tom's, been, Tom's been gifted a Ian Hume shirt. Tom, how's things been for you? How's uh, Have you got over yesterday yet? Yeah, um... Well, you know, another game and another result that we didn't really want. But I don't know. It's it's a bit of a shame, really, because I, I was quite up for the game. I think we started really well. First 20 or so minutes, you're thinking, we're on the front foot here. We're dominating a bit of play. Um, we look quite confident and comfortable with the ball. Um, nice to see a couple of, of faces that don't usually get in the starting lineup as well. And then it all kind of came crashing down, didn't it? It did. We'll come on to that shortly. Steve, it's good to have you with us. You're a bit closer to Leicester today. Corby, are you somewhere? Was that near Kettering, Northampton? Yeah, down that way in Corby, yeah. 
So, yeah. Coach the game Working. yesterday? I did watch the game, yeah. Um, as Tom said, we started so well, it looked so encouraging. I thought there was only really one team minute to start with and then our usual failings let us down. Yeah, that's the place I think we'll start today. Uh, set pieces, Neil. Not working for us. I say this season. We've people say we don't make, we haven't made any progress this season, but we were the second worst for corners last season. And now we're the worst. So that in itself is progress, isn't it? I mean, it's the wrong kind of progress, but yeah, sure. I think anything's progress if you, if you see it like that. <laughs> I think. Um, if you see, I think what the issue is at the moment is I think obviously the goals conceded, but it's just the. I don't mind losing. I, I don't mind losing. It's just the manner in which we go about it, and especially with the way we set up the first half was so was was again. It was a good performance. I was thinking right at halftime we didn't take our chances. No problem. Leicester City normally come out second half and kind of push on, and we can get we can get something out of the game. And Gerard looked like he wasn't happy, which I kind of I was like, okay, that's fine. But you would have thought he was the manager that had just that was the kind of performance that we needed out of our side. And we were lucky, to be honest, to go into 1-1 um, with the ball. I don't know when you, you play football. It's one hand, the goalkeeper's got it. It's, it's, I didn't know that was a rule anyway. So we're lucky to go in 1-1. It should have been enough to go, Breno, look, Breno's go, right. We're 1-1 now. Let's go and try and kill the game off and get a goal. And even from the first kick, it just seemed like Leicester had gone, nah, don't want to play anymore. And again, I, I'm like, I'm, I just find it really disappointing. I was like Tom as well, where... I thought I was really promised and I was really happy about it because I thought finally we've turned a corner and it's just like, right, we're back in the slump again. I genuinely don't know where we go from here. The problem we've got is you, you're never quite away from the fact that we've got this Achilles heel on, no matter how well we're playing. All it takes is that um, that opportunity and we'll come on to, to Barnes's goal back, uh, in a minute, Barry, but you, you know, the way Villa have set up recently with Gerard, we knew that they were going to be a little bit tighter than usual. We surprised how well Leicester started, but were you calm knowing that you were going to get some chances? Um, I wasn't surprised the way they started. I was surprised the way we were defending. Um, I thought, like, like we said in last week, all, all our predictions were kind of relatively tight. thought it was going to be a tight game. And 2-1 didn't really do the game justice because it could have easily been a 5-5, anything like that. It was, it was just, I actually thought both teams defended pretty poorly. Yeah, It's just come halftime, uh, like Neil was just saying there, the difference there was the 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 game the sort of halftime talk, and I think the goal being disallowed, if anything, got us angry and pumped us up, and maybe made you boys a bit casual, like you got away with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was it was a strange. For the twenty minutes were wild. I I generally thought we were in for a thrashing. Barn, we didn't. Ima- Gerard is very good in game manager. It's one one thing I've noticed in the four games he's had. Um. And I thought he would have gone to Barnes quicker. He waited till half time, but that's that was the difference. I think we just nullified him second half, and it kind of dampened your attack. I'll tell you what, but let's start from the beginning. Tom Harvey Barnes' goal. He seemed to have Matty Cash on toast a little bit in that first half. He, he was speeding past him. It, it was a really good finish again from Harvey Barnes. He's uh, he's got some good goals recently. Isn't he? He's gone under the radar a little bit. He has. Yeah, it's nice to see him getting a few goals again because we, you know. With him coming into the first team um, after spells away, he's he's always been one to drive forward, but sometimes not get a result out of it. And um, yeah, more recently, some some great goals that he scored was well, especially 
that uh, this weekend really i mean he slotted that away really nicely but um i think the assist from daka was equally as good really to keep mm. the ball in the situation he was in he acquitted himself well pats and daka steve didn't he it was a, it, it was a really good first half for him he looked dangerous he looked like he was up for it he certainly did i mean he did the jamie vardy stuff in terms of making the runs and trying to get in behind which he did a couple of times uh, but not in a good position to really shoot too tight an angle both times. Um, but not only did he do the Vardy stuff, he held the ball up well, um, you know, which he started for the Barnes goal. He held it up. He was being challenged by two or three players. He had a bit of luck, but he battled, got a hold of the ball and put a nice ball through for Barnes. But he also came deep quite a bit to pick up the ball and link with midfield. So he gave us something a little bit extra, a kind of combination really between Vardy and Acho. Yeah some sort of uh, hybrid almost, some sort of player in the, the middle. Uh, Neil, I'll, I'll come on to you. And really, before we, we talk about the set piece and go into the detail of the goals, why are we so wide open at the back? You can see all the time the, the full-backs are getting sort of tucked into the middle of the, of the field and it's created so much space for the wing-backs. It was happening before we conceded Cash and uh, was it Ashley Young on the other side. Ashley Young that's definitely going to get battered by KDH, by the way. Uh, yeah. That was one battle we did win yesterday. The only one. Uh, but but why are we so open? I've no idea. I've no idea because as you can see, we we've, we can play well. And it's I, I, the thing is, I'd love to say it's it's specifically this, but I don't I don't know. It just seems like the mentality at times uh, because at times I'm just looking at it going, well, what do you gain by doing this like for, but it just seems like the individuals need to turn up brendan i don't know people are saying brendan and i, I want mm. to say it's brendan but at the same time that it's, it's too easy an answer to go oh Bre- get brendan out get another person in and I, I i genuinely don't know and that that we 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 struggle to talk about this for quite a while to be honest why we're so poor because we know the levels this team has set and it is high and then with a year experience with a better squad overall we should be doing a lot, lot better. And Leicester fans aren't asking for the most. We're just asking for basics at the moment. And that's what's not there. Because your shows are very much uh, in the moment, aren't they? After games and before games and stuff like that. Are, are the fans saying that, that they're losing patience with Brendan Rodgers? Because I've seen that on quite a, quite a number of platforms. Yeah, I think so. I think they're losing patience. I think we've tried... At the now is the loudest I've seen the Rogers out movement. I'm 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 in a weird bit because I understand where they're coming from, but I'm still not on the bandwagon. I don't know how to describe it because it's partly Rogers, it's partly the players, and the thing is, I've just said I just trust. We unlike a lot of we need to be still great for our owners. Where when they got rid of Ranieri, I was like, oh my god, what's happening? When they got rid of Shakespeare, I was like, oh my god, what's happening? I trust they'll do the right things in the right time. Um, I believe in whatever they're going to do, but boy, boy, it's not going to be a fun one to carry on with because it looks like we're stuck in this for quite a while. Yeah, it's, it's not been much fun this season. And Steve, I think uh, online after the game, it's probably the first time that I've seen the uh, the polls go opposite Rogers in terms of Rogers out versus Rogers in. Uh, I'm going to assume that you are still very much Rogers in and you're, you're a man of patience. I am, and I think he's one of the best coaches around, and I think we'd struggle to get anyone better. If there was somebody, you know, people will say maybe we should get Tuchel from Chelsea because they're a bit balmy, right? Or, <laughs> um, 
you know, we're not we're going to struggle to get someone better than Rogers. It's not going well at the moment. What, where he doesn't help himself is he doesn't seem to take personal responsibility. He's blaming everyone and everything else. I think we've had a lot of bad luck with injuries. I think we've had a loss of confidence. Um, but at the end of the day, he's got to take some responsibility. You know, him and uh, and Torre have done this zonal marking at the back for set pieces and whatever, and it's clearly not working. How can he be one of the best coaches around when we're getting some of the most basic goals scored against us now, time and time again? Surely the best coaches around don't allow that to happen. Yeah, but it's not always that easy if confidence is affected. I mean, we've had a lot of injuries. I mean, look at Madison when he came back from injury at the end of last season, the start of this season. He looked like he was hopeless and not interested. A lot of people were saying, get him out of the club. He should never play for us again, right? now." And look, OK, it wasn't so great against Villa, but look at the three games before that where he was instrumental to us doing well with his performances. So, I mean, who can explain what's happened to Sionchi? And Evans hasn't looked as good since he's come back from... Um, from injury. Um, uh, one of the things that Neil said is uh, it is a Rogers thing or a Torre thing to play the full backs narrow. We've always done that. It's like we haven't got the confidence in the two centre backs and we play them narrow, which does give room when we've got wing backs or full backs that are attacking. So that's a tactical thing. But they're just so many players, Ndidi, of form. I thought we get Evans and an Ndidi back, we'd tighten up something. You know, much better. We'd be a lot better at the back, but we're not. Everyone's making mistakes. I mean, Schmeichel's making mistakes. Lots of them. We'll come on to him uh, <laughs> very shortly. Uh, Barry, I'm sure you've got a few things to say about Schmeichel as well, but uh, from the outside, can can you understand Leicester fans' anguish at the moment over Brendan Rodgers, over the football that we're playing and, and ultimately our position in the league? Yeah, I was having a chat with one, uh, one of the fans on the Facebook page last night about it. And he was adamant Rogers needs to go out. And I think um, you can have short memories, uh, which I, I kind of agree with. Um, but if you're not going to learn from mistakes, you're not going to change. And I think that what was alarmingly obvious with every set piece, like we talked about it before uh, on the, the previous podcast, that we're obviously going to put the ball in Casper. That's what we're going to do. But what was mental, like obviously I was joyous about it, but what was mental was leaving our best headers with fullbacks. That's just crazy. That's just crazy. And Watkins had the ball never went near him. He's probably our third best header. And no one was on him in the box. It's just suicide. I don't understand how you can't co- coach that. And I think with Rodgers, if he doesn't change something, I don't necessarily think it needs to be the team. He maybe just to introduce something to the coaching staff, freshen that up a wee bit. Like, it's a little bit like... Um, like Dean Smith, the season we knew almost went down. When we when we stayed up, he took in two new coaches, took a defensive coach and he took an attacking coach in just to change it up. He needed fresh ideas. He needed something different. And I think that's maybe something less they need. They need a Craig Shakespeare to come in and have a different view on something. They need a, a defensive. Colo Tore can't be the right guy for that. He can't be. He, he seems a clown. He just doesn't <laughs> seem the right guy. Right. Like, imagine, imagine John Cherry came in. And sorted that out. Gave the gave the defenders composure, gave them the confidence to, to to take the ball to play with it. That's what they need. Every every team is going to come at your back four, all guns blazing because they look nervous. And when it comes to set pieces, if they don't do anything different, it's always going to be the same results. 
it is the definition of madness, isn't it, to keep doing the same thing? Did you hear the commentator's line, Tom, before uh, one of the Villa goals that a corner, yeah. is, a corner is as good of a good as a goal now against Leicester? <laughs> yeah, two seconds later, straight in. Yeah, it's yeah, embarrassing, really. Um, I have actually seen a, an interview with Brendan since since the match as well, and the strange thing is, he, he's he's actually owning up to the fact that we're awful at St Peter's now, all of a sudden, and. Um, you know, he's talking about playing this part zonal marking system. It's like, well, if you can see the problems there, you need to change it, don't you? And that is a real Achilles heel, Neil. That's the 13th time this season that Leicester have uh, conceded two goals in a game. You're going to not win more games than you, you do win if you keep doing that. Yeah, I was. you're right. And the thing is, it's a sign of a top team to kind of clean, clean, keep clean sheets. You're not always going to win. Um, you're not always going to win 3-2-4-2. You're going to have to win 1-0, 2-0 at times just to kind of grind out the results. And it's just not there. And maybe you're right, maybe we do need some coaching staff, but there's just something is just not clicking. And it's, it's, if it was an easy answer, I think all Leicester fans would be screaming it. But I think it's too easy to just call for Rodgers' head. I think it's just too much of an easy statement just to say, oh, yeah, well, it's Rodgers' fault, get him out of the club. And it doesn't address some of the bigger problems. I mean, we have been, people forget, I think last season, we were poor from set pieces in general. We just decided to go a typical lesser thing and go even one better, aka one worse for this one. And, and we're even worse this season. But bearing in mind, it did help with Casper Schmeichel being on absolute fire. I think he was pulling out a worldy save, like one every two games, absolutely killing it for us. And it, it's just funny how these things change and turn. And... I'm not too. I'm not too sure what it is, but something something has to. And people saying set piece coaches and what Brendan is saying is 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 a bit alarming. I mean, I think I've got one of the quotes up here that he said, and he said, um, uh, what, was it? "What was it called?" Um, it's very it's very frustrating. Conceded pets, please. Is um, we've defended very we've defended fairly well. Yeah, I've defended fairly well, but we're giving away really, really, really poor goals. And it's the kind of comments that I just scratch my head and go, I don't exactly know what you mean, Brendan. Yeah, I commented on that last night, actually, yeah. on, on Twitter. Uh, Steve, you can't say we defended very well in that game, apart from those two set pieces. Villa could have had five. Let's face it, that that narrow width or lack of width that we were talking about um, was, a, was a real concern. Barry, I know you've, you've got your hand up there. Would you want to come in and uh, comment on that? Just, just a little thing. It's just to ask the question to you guys, being the neutral. Um, I didn't want. You're Dean not a neutral to, yesterday. I didn't want Dean Smith to go. I was a big fan of him. I liked, I liked the fantasy around it. I liked the fact that there were the romance about it. But no one could. I, it's the same. No one could figure out what he was doing wrong. He just people thought he was being indecisive. He wasn't. Uh, he didn't have the mid- midfield properly drilled. And then we bring someone else in. That guy does exactly what we thought was the problems and it changes everything. So if a manager came in and went, actually, we are going to work on set pieces, we are going to start winning games 1-0, would you prefer that? Yeah. I'm asking you all. Yeah. Yeah. Just, I'm just curious because it seems the exact same scenario. No one wants Brendan to go, but... Yeah, it's, it's might, not the same, the same Brendan out, but yeah, you, you want someone to focus on um, the, the things that are going wrong. I, yeah, I think that he's going to do that now, hasn't he? He said that they're going to probably rip it up and start again. I mean, I noticed he blamed Suyonchu for Conser's goal at the back. Yeah, He didn't name him, but he said, you know, we've told them, we went through it pre-match, Conser's going to be at the back post. 
we need to take him. And the guy didn't take him. And uh, that wasn't Thomas. That was Sionchu that should have had him. He was in front of him and he let him go. So there's also, why are the players lacking concentration? Why are they not doing what they're told to do and what they've practised on the training ground, right? Because if Sionchu had have been there, it wouldn't have been a goal, right? And Schmeichel should have saved it anyway. But um, So I think there's a bit of frustration that players aren't actually doing what they say, what they've practised, what they've trained, or keeping their concentration through the whole game. Um, totally. I think I think you're right. There's a couple of photos that have gone around on social media on each goal, really. One of them uh, on the first goal where three of our part, three of our players are marking each other. Uh, it's just unbelievable. So I'm not having anyone say that we don't man mark because those three guys are all over each other on, on that one. <laughs> uh, and the second one was like you've just said there, Steve, for the second goal. You know, the two centre backs totally free at the back post. Zonal working can work. I know, Barry, you've spoke about with your level two coaching badge that um, if you if your defenders are wave and work together, that can really work. This Is this a confidence? Is it not being in, sort of emotionally intelligent enough on a football pitch to, to understand? I, no, it can't be that. I, I think it's the way it's instructed. Like, like I said, it's it's just glaringly obvious. We, if, like, when we, we're not good at scoring set pieces. We've got two guys that can win the header. And I just don't understand why Evans and Sion, well, Sionchu was for the second one, but the first one, they were nowhere near either of them. It's mm-hmm. just so odd. And they must be getting told to do that because someone of Evans' experience, his instinct must be, I'm going to take the biggest guy. I'm going to take the guy that wins most of the headers. And, and, they're, not, and they're not getting to do it. It's, it's just so strange. And that would put a lack of confidence in the team because they're not doing what they would think is the best thing to do. We we attempted to put a pound on uh, Esri Konza hat trick yesterday. Uh, no, well, I, I actually did. I was speaking to uh, Villa guy on Twitter, and I thought Konza was going to score because he, he just gets so many chances every game from corners. Yeah, uh, and I just thought if, if there's a team he's going to do it, it's going to be your boys, unfortunately. You. And that's what happened. Uh, Neil, we spoke earlier about the uh, situation just before half-time when Villa had a goal disallowed. Uh, we'll come to Barry in a minute, but what did you think to the decision by VAR and then Michael Oliver to, to chalk that one off? I didn't understand it, but if I'm being honest, uh, I'll take it. But at the same time, it I'd, if it happened to me, I'd be livid. In the same way that Brighton will be, um, if, when the two goals got disallowed for us, we were livid for the same reason. I'm looking at going. Casper's got one ball, one hand on it, and that was the rule when I was well, when I was played football extremely badly. But you, as soon as somebody got a hand, two hands on the ball, that's what they've got. So him pushing it into the ground is not really. It's just like putting it. You're just putting it on a plate, literally. You're putting it like a golf tee, ready for the guy to just kick out your hands. So I didn't understand that, and I thought that should have been. There was plenty of warning signs in that first half. It was quite an even game, but. Villa put away their chances more than we did. So you look at that thinking, okay, Brendan, come in second half, shore it up. Let's see if we can go get a win. And so, yeah, for that, for that point, just in for that whole five minutes till the, it was, we were looking, oh, thank God that could have been in because that again, you were thinking, oh, that could have been the moment where we go on to lose the game. Let it know that we actually do that about five minutes into the second half. Is that Tom, that disallowed goal, was that a point where, as a Leicester fan, you, you pretty much, as Neil said, breathe that sigh of relief. But at the same time, it, I, I didn't even think they were checking for that. I thought they were checking for an offside. Yeah, so I watched I, the first replay and thought, well, there's clearly no issue with an offside. Yeah, I wasn't too sure on that one either. Um, I think 
of well the way the way it panned out obviously we'll take it but it, i wouldn't have had any qualms with it going either way to be honest but it just had that feeling um you know the crowd the, the crowd erupting at that point it mm. felt a bit like i can see how this game's going to go now yeah. You've, like before it was chalked off and you you kind of started to get those feelings of oh, it's you know it started well but we know how this is going to go from here on out he uh, he made a few friends in the the whole ten yesterday, didn't he? Kasper Schmeichel, Barry's uh, about <laughs> as popular there as he is with half the other Premier League grounds now. Yeah, it was the thing with it. Like, I, I was I was sitting, I was watching with my uh, fiance at the time, and I I, did, I didn't even scream. She was like, "Why are you angry at it?" And I was, I don't know why, but my instant thought was Kasper Schmeichel knows exactly what he's doing. Yeah, he knows exactly what he's doing. And you know what? So, like I can't be on here every week commending other shit housery. And not commending that because it is, and that's just knowing the rules. He he is a rule bender, that boy, and he did it to perfection. And the, the rule states if it's touching the ground with one hand, that's it. If we, if we drew the game or lost the game, it might have been a different response. Yeah, yeah. good point. He's come out yeah. in the media afterwards and uh, sort of had a bit of a moan about it, I think, and said that he might need to go and have an x ray. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> it, it wasn't a game that sort of Casper covered himself in glory with Steve. Where are you now? Because last year you were fiercely defensive saying, look, he's won us more points than he's given us away. This season, has it has his performances been up to scratch? No. And I am a fan of Casper's, but no, they're not. He's always been a great shot stopper. He doesn't command his area. He seems to be even more in his shell in that respect. And obviously his distribution's got us into trouble of, uh, quite a few times. Um, and he made a lot of mistakes. I mean, the second goal, he should have still saved, you know, at his near post. It's not the first time he's been beaten at his near post. And of course, for the disallowed goal, he dropped the cross. So uh, would have been no debate if he'd claimed the cross. He wasn't under a huge amount of pressure, but he dropped it. So um, why not give the Welsh wizard a go? Particularly if he's injured his hand as somebody kicked the ball from underneath it in it's broken his hand. So outrageous uh, thuggery that Barry there. From yes. <laughs> Trying to kick a football into a goal. What next? Uh, <laughs> but he's capped, isn't he? And will Will Rogers have the balls to drop him? I don't think so. Should he be captain, Neil? Is this where part of this issue is coming from? Is it the weight of that? Because he doesn't look like a what's that happy captain? I'm not sure there is a happy happy captain, but he doesn't look like it's not like he's in control of his emotions. I think Casper's always been a bit like that. I remember the don't start with me earlier on. In, was it last season, for example? <laughs> I think he's always been a little bit handbagsy, but you can always forgive him when he's making phenomenal saves. It's kind of like the angel effect. You can always, when he's doing stuff right, you're like, ah, that's just Schmeichel. As soon as he's making bad performances, then certain things come to light a lot more. <laughs> I think he's obviously one of our greatest ever goalkeepers. He's definitely up there. And I'm not, I understand what people are saying. And I think he's maybe he just deserves a little time just to rest and get away. And we've got, it's not like before where we didn't really have a backup keeper. We've got a great backup keeper who's performed to an um, amazing level every time he's called upon. To be honest, like a good, to, he's saving penalties. He's, he's distributed. I was at the Brighton game for the cup. The distributions, the, the, the crowd were, were, were sarcastically, um, sarcastically cheering him every time he put a ball that wasn't offside it wasn't out into the into the corner net and things like that which was quite funny um 
so it was it was is we've got somebody there if it just takes again like madison have a little bit of drop out the side see what happens and then he can come back into good form because something has to change and it, because well, we've been to, I've been saying it for weeks, something has to change, but I don't exactly know what. Casper could be the reason why, but the key Casper as a keeper worked last year. Let's not forget it did work, but we're not in that same situation where we're towards the top of the table. Yeah, Danny Ward has never let us down. You you are absolutely right with that. I think a key point there, Neil, is that we don't want anyone to feel like they're undroppable because that creates complacency, which creates poor performance. So why wouldn't you now take him out of the team? You know, we've got Napoli on Thursday. We've got Newcastle on Sunday. It seems as good a time as any, doesn't it? I guess so. But I just, I know, I know Casper's levels are still there. He's still a fantastic goalkeeper, but if he's not performing, you have to drop him just like Madison. We know how good Madison's levels are, but since he wasn't performing, we benched him and then he kind of, he sorted it out, got his confidence back, got the goal and then he's kind of picked himself up from there. So I'm hoping that that's going to be the case going forward. But with Brendan, he can be very stubborn. And I think he's he's a very big people person and emotional person where he will rely on the emotions, what they mean rather than actual you have to be a little bit more cutthroat in these situations. Mm-hmm. No, you got to be careful what you wish for, though, because similarly to us, we dropped our captain, and in the next game, the manager was sacked, and that was supposedly part of the reason for it. So, All right, okay. Mm. Just, uh, just seems very. Oh, sorry, Lookman. He should have been hooked after about. Oh six. God, yeah. They absolutely stunk the place out yesterday with awful performance. Not the first so. time lately either. No, we don't have options though, do we? So we're still in the position. All these years later, where we haven't replaced Mares, and we're never going to replace Mares up to the level of Mares. But how can we have not found a, a replacement? We went cheap and tried to get Rashid Gazelle, or did get Rashid Gazelle, and then we bought Perez, who's not a right winger, and we Cheng ended is up under, yeah, Cheng is under, yeah. Tom, it's uh, it's still that problem, isn't it? Lookman was poor yesterday. No, oh, it was awful. Yeah, and as Steve said, he's he's had a couple of bad ones really. Um, kind of fighting his corner thinking he's he's the one that's looking to push forward all the time but nah, it was a bit of a waste of a player yeah listen three final points then before we move on from the 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 desperation of yesterday um martinez is safe from harvey barnesbury that was top top class wasn't it it was in wasn't yeah. it i was celebrating yeah i thought it was in too i was I, I couldn't believe it was behind the net when it came down i couldn't believe that i thought it was in yeah he, he just he has he's just quality and the, in the the one that Casper dropped, uh, the, the the no goal, he would have caught that. That would have just been took in his chest cleanly. He's that type of keeper. And, but he's so good. The the sort of liability of Mings and Target and Cash, they can get away with it because he's that good. Hopefully one day he'll get a move to a big club again then. Is that what you're saying? It wouldn't surprise me if uh, <laughs> no, generally someone like Madrid will come and just spunk 60 million on him and take him away. He's a great keeper, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, and then I'll come away from you for these two points because you're going to say definitely not to both of them. Uh, Steve, first off, KDH, was it a penalty when he had his foot stamped on? Uh, it would have been a soft penalty, but I've seen them I've seen them given. Is that the category you put that under there, Barry? Have you seen them given? Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. But then Watkins had one too, so... 
No, I didn't see that one. No, I didn't see that one. Yeah, he was clapped, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and Neil, I'll come to you for the, the Shemichael one at the end when Mings had his arm in his face and was wrestled into the ground and stamped on No, he didn't stamp on him. Uh, could that have been a penalty as well? All of what we've mentioned is classified under VAR worthy, which is the biggest grey area I've ever seen in my life. So whether you're an armpit offside, whether you are... Any, anything goes nowadays. If a gust of wind comes and it's over 20 miles an hour, that could count as well. So I'm not the biggest fan of it, but at the same time, you go in, I, I don't know what actually counts as VAR nowadays. Um, I, I'm trusting the technology because it did work. At, people forget it did work at the Euros. It did actually do a good job. It just because our referees are pretty incompetent. Yeah. Um, well, I think they've taken an easy way out, isn't it? Which is, if the referee has seen it, and he's given a decision one way or another, they're not going to go against that, no matter if it was right or wrong. If the referees miss something, they might pull his attention back to it and uh, ask him to have another look. But it doesn't happen enough now, does it? Absolutely. Tom, final word from you. Did you miss the snow? Because <laughs> that Didn't was the sort of snow, game. Right? That, that was the sort of game you, you wish you couldn't see towards the yeah. end. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it would have done us a favour. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, we have a bit of a tradition on the show. We play we play a bit of a trivia game. Uh, we call it Last Man Standing. So I hope you brought your, your ball knowledge this evening. Whoever was the first out uh, last week has to do the, the question for the next week. However, Barry won it last week, but he lost the week before and forgot to prepare a question. So you've got a question for us today, Baz, haven't you? I do. Going uh, Connecting it with something to do with the game yesterday. So with Conza scoring two in the match... Um, for a defender, I went for the season 2021. 20, so last season, um, there are nearly 20 defenders that scored two or more goals, and you guys are going to name them. So I will start with our guest, Neil Rudinger, because he always scores against us. Actually, no, I, he did. Oh my god. Sorry about that. No, he didn't. No. That's a brilliant start. I'll leave now. <laughs> You've got to come uh, back next week to do this. Yeah, you've got to do it now. <laughs> I'm going to go clockwise. So I'll go Stevie. Uh, Maguire, Slabhead. Correct. You got two. Is it centre backs and full backs as well? Uh, I have. Um... Oh, actually, no, these are all centre halves. Okay. Yeah, I should be more specific. Yeah, centre half. Making it up as he's going along. <laughs> like Leicester right, right. <laughs> do, you, do you want to go to centre-half on Thursday right go on Mark you're next uh, I'll go Virgil van Dijk yes no no he was injured most of the season no Ooh. he was injured he was injured wow. the whole season <laughs> you said you yeah, even looking then didn't you? I know, it's shambles. right Tom Save the day. We're talking. We're talking two goals over the season. Two goals or more. Yeah. <laughs> two or more over the season. I'm going to yeah. go for Daniel Amati. Fucking hell! What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Has Steve won this with getting one. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh dear. Would you like to hear the bloody list? Dame Tarkovsky. Let's get one in. Um, nope, I don't. What? 
Oh I'll go to Ralph. Zuma, Zuma with five, Dunk with five, Stones with four, Craig Dawson with three, Bartley with three, um, Keane, Michael Keane with three, Albona with three, Vestergaard with three, Evans with three, oh Ben Mee with three, Blackasells with two, Thiago Silva with two, Tyro Mings with two, uh, a JI for West Brom, two, Mina two, Diop two, Konza two, and Gabriel two. Very me. Wow. That was a great Vestergaard <laughs> <laughs> well, just to be the goalpost. <laughs> Would you play Vestergaard, Tom? Now I'd play anyone now, mate. I'd play you. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is extreme. Uh, listen, uh, Napoli away on Thursday could be one of the biggest games we've had in years. Steve, how are you feeling about it? Well, I've got to go to a bloody Christmas party. I'll be missing it. I might see the first few minutes, so uh, I'm recording it but I'm bound to find out the score before I get home to watch it. So um, uh, you've got to think, if we play like we did at the start against Villa and go a couple of goals up, we could win it. But if we if we don't concede any corners or free kicks near the box, um, but the confidence is so fragile. I mean, we let that goal in and, and, and fell apart, didn't we? So I don't know. Um, I don't know. It's going to be a tough game, but they've got about eight players out injured, I've heard, so um, unavailable. So it gives us a chance. And they haven't played that well in the Europa League. No, the, well, they're still in as much of a precarious position as we are. Neil, if we'd have held on to that two-goal lead against them at home, we'd have been through by now. But they're going to be without, is it Osiman um, and Koulibaly and Loren, Lorenzo Insignia? I wish they had some easier names to pronounce, actually. Uh, but but it's not going to be the full-strength Napoli side that's took Serie A by storm this season so far. No, I'm, I'm not... I'm not sure what's going to happen, um, both in a positive and negative sense, but for both teams, to be honest, anything could happen um, from, from either team, in my opinion. We could win, we could lose, we could draw. It would be a typical lesser thing to go and win it really late on after conceding first and thinking we're out of it. Um, I just, I'd rather be, I know literally the option at the moment is we're not in it, but I'm pretty sure that now, um, it's, I just don't want to go conference league. I mean, there's no. just no, there's no, I don't think I've met a single fan that's like, oh yeah, I want conference league. No, nobody's bothered by it really. So just take it what, just, just, just try and win Leicester any way you can. Put five defenders on. We'll still concede five, but we'll see what happens. <laughs> but anyone could top the group still now as well. The conference league, have Spurs been knocked out of that, by the way, Neil? Are they, are they gone? I don't, I don't think so. See, no, nobody, no one even cares. Game. No one even cares, though, do they? You're right. We don't. We don't want to go down to that, Tom. There's nine permuta- permutations uh, on this last match day. Uh, right. Big, big, big game in Napoli. Uh, what's your thoughts about it? I think we've got to throw everything at it. Really, I mean, the way the the way the uh, the Premier League's going, I'd almost take a loss to Newcastle, right? <laughs> if we can get if we can get a comprehensive win in the Europa. Big statement that Steve. Just a win, not comprehensive. I don't <laughs> just <laughs> win beat Newcastle. Um, yeah, I, I think if we got a draw, we're guaranteed second spot, aren't we? So we get um, a Champions League playoff team. Um, so just Barca in the next round or Dortmund. Yeah, but it's tough. But you never know with Leicester, do you? We could do it. So um, fingers crossed because it's. Um, 
I know we're still in three competitions. I think we're out of the league, but we're in three comp- three cup competitions still. I still think it's maybe one of our best chances if we can get through to the last 16. So we'll see. I imagine, Barry, that um, Brendan Rodgers will be taking this pretty seriously with the fact that Vardy was on the bench yesterday. What sort of lineup do you think he should be putting out? Should we be going there to, to win the game or should we try and keep things tight and make Napoli come at us? That even gives me fear even just saying that, actually. But I think, um, yeah, I think like Neil said, he, he, Brendan's stubborn, so he's, he's probably, he kind of has he's, he's shown his cards, isn't he, already? Uh, resting Vardy in that, and it's a shame because Daka, Daka was dangerous the whole game. Um, I don't know if you'll make many changes like Whitman will obviously get dropped um, I would be surprised if it's not the same back four um, I don't know what I don't know Ndidi like there's no one to replace Ndidi but he's just, he's just so off his game it's, he's having a bad, bad time bad. yeah yeah I, I just don't know I don't think he'll make many changes I think I think the, the advantage is that um, they're down a few players uh, Tom, is it possible that Rodgers will go to about five at Napoli? Uh, we talk about the wingers not playing. It would be a bit harsh on Harvey Barnes, right enough. But in terms of Luckman being off his game and creating that extra stability at the back, is this time for Dan Amati to bring the party? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> possibly so. I think I think you're right. It's a bit harsh to drop Barnes, but we just can't fit him in when we're playing that kind of shape. Um I mean, I'd, I'd quite like to see Perez come in and do a bit more as well because he's he seemed to show a bit of promise recently, but it's unlikely. You say we can't fit him in, in that shape, Neil. Could we play Barnes with Madison in behind Vardy uh, in that shape? Instead of having the two up top, you know, we've gone five, two, th- or three, two. Could it be uh, Madison as part of the three and uh, uh, potentially Barnes behind Vardy to try and get some pace on the counter? I mean, Barnes through the middle for me just doesn't work. I think we tried it once and Brendan Rodgers came out and said, yeah, that's never happening again. <laughs> um, so we, we tried that and that didn't work. So I think the Barnes is best when he's... What I loved in that first half is he was right out on that wing, um, talking, we've not seen that often from him, talking against that line and just going, go on, Cash, let's have a go. And in the first half, he didn't... Cash, he had, he had an okay game. But in the first half, he turned it up second half. But first half, it seemed like he had him, as you, I think you said, he had him on toes for the majority of the time. But he's, that's where you see Barnes the best. He's coming up, he goes, right, what are you going to do? I'm going to try and get past you. And that's where you see the best out of him. Playing him as an intern, as it as we say against Chelsea, as an inward number 10, flopped massively. He's a, he's not, I wouldn't say a one-trick pony, but you know what you get from Barnes. And you have to have somebody the other side that would kind of do the same and, to kind of balance it out because otherwise that formation looks very, very skewed. So he's a great player, but you have to, if you play Barnes one side, you have to play Luckman the other. Do you think there will be any change of system there? Do you think he could go through at the back on Thursday or do you still see him as, because because really I think Thursday is the day that if we're going to make changes, that's the first port of call on, on this. I think something fairly radical needs to happen. I'm not, do you know what? I've, I've, I've honestly think Casper will start, will play 4-2-3-1. Um, I genuinely think that's what he'll do. Do I agree with it? No, but I think that's what's going to happen. Casper will start. I think you'll see the same team barring... Um, I think you'll see the same team barring about... Uh, who else? Well, Daka will come in for Vardy. Apart from that, I'm pretty sure it'll be that exact same starting eleven against Napoli. 
I think the Leicester City fan base will melt down, Steve, if it's the same start of 11 and we get the same end result. Um, is Brendan Rodgers teetering on the edge of the sand? I know it's probably it cost us a lot of money, but if we lost to Napoli and went out against Newcastle and didn't get a result, that would be an awful four games for us, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would, it would be awful. Um, I'm not sure that Top would react that quickly, though. I think... Rogers has got enough in the bank unless the unless the likes of Vardy and Schmeichel are going to him saying we need to make a change this isn't working anymore and I'm not so sure that that would happen as it might have done with Poole it might not he's been sacked uh, hasn't he yesterday oh, yeah oh yeah. Lord's gone again has he he's been they've got beat 5-0 and then our bottom of the French league San Etienne and Club Puel has been sacked yeah well not a very inspiring match <laughs> Was he? He's not a patch on Rogers, but yeah, look, if we get two bad results, our season's in a mess, and um, uh, the pressure will be growing on Rogers. I wouldn't expect him to go uh, if we lost both matches, but the pressure will be really growing. I mean, the fan base are all, already turning against him. Barry, Barry, how do you think we'll get on on Thursday? Um, I think you'll, I think you'll scrape through. I think you'll scrape through. Yeah, I don't know about, I don't know about the weekend, but I think you'll. Maybe 1-0 at... Because I don't think it'll be a high-scoring game. I think it'll just be a 1-0. It was a scrappy game. Do you, you don't normally do predictions, do you, Neil? But uh, on this show, we do. So would you would you mind giving us one for Thursday? That doesn't sound great. Would you mind giving us a prediction for Thursday? <laughs> do you know what? It's the, normally the Canadians that don't give predictions for Yeah, it is. Reason. Yeah, you're right, yeah. Um, I, I don't mind, but just recently, anything's... Well, if you give a prediction, we're still a laughing stock anyway, so it doesn't matter what prediction I give, do you know what I mean? <laughs> so, um, oh, Napoli, uh, for the Napoli game, I couldn't call it. I genuinely couldn't call it. It could be 3-0 them, 3-0, because they're both complete rolls of the dice. You don't know what both sides... If they both turn up, we're going to have a phenomenal game. If they both don't turn up, what or one? I genuinely can't call anything at the moment because... With the way Leicester are playing and the way Napoli, from what we've heard, of like very similar position, any anything's possible. Um, we could win five 0 We could lose five nil. Or we're gonna. Well, sorry, we're not gonna lose. We're not going. We're not gonna win five nil because we're gonna concede at least one from set pieces. I think that's guaranteed now. So, so we. I'm. I'm genuinely not. I, I can't give you. I know this is a cop answer, but I can't. I genuinely can't give you an answer. Are you Canadian? Sometimes. <laughs> just Today I am. Tom, how are we going to get on? I'll just say before Tom answers, Neil, do you need a hand getting those splinters out your ass or what? I mean, come on. Yeah, I know, right? I <laughs> wish do, I could give you an answer. Do, do you know answer. what? We, we've got a prediction league that I was bottom off uh, pretty much most of the season. I've been on fire recently. and I, I was top, but I think uh, I might be down to second after, after yesterday. Tom, how are we going to get on? Yeah, I, I can see us putting in a good performance um, in Europa, to be honest. And I think we're going to win. I think I think we're going to be relatively comfortable, then have a little scare near the end, 2-1. Steve? Um, for some reason, uh, who knows? I'm a bit like Neil. You could go any score, couldn't you, the way we are at the minute. But I have a funny feeling it'll be the same as the home match and tour. I was going to go 2-all as well. 2-all was our 1-1, isn't it now? 1-1 one, one used to be a sort of average scoreline for a lot of teams, but ours is, ours is definitely 2-all. Uh, really quickly, we'll move on to the, the game on Sunday against Newcastle. Barry, your favourite team. Love Newcastle, don't you? Yep. 
I do. Yeah, looking for if there's ever a day I'm going to be all out Leicester, it's going to be that day. I presume you were really uh, excited for them at the weekend, getting the first win of the season at the 14th attempt against Burnley. I know. I, I didn't see that coming either. Um, I don't know. I, still, I, still, I don't think it'll work wonders. I still think they're doomed. But do you think he's a good appointment, Eddie, Eddie Howe? Is a good appointment for them? No, I think it's safe. I think it's safe, and they know that. Like as much as he spent millions at Bournemouth, considering their budget. Yeah. Um. I don't. I don't think he is going to spend the money there. I don't. Even if they survive and come the summer, I, I think it's to get binned. I think they'll just pay him off. They'll just be like Roman Abramovich and go like, "Well, we're still up now. We'll get a, a sexy manager now. Rogers, maybe if he's available." It may well be by that stage. <laughs> let's let, let's hope not. Um. How are you feeling about Sunday's game then, Steve? They've won that game. They've drawn seven this season before that, uh, and and now they're only three points away from safety. They'll be eyeing up that 17th place in Claudio's men at Watford. Uh, yeah. Well, they've got three tough games after us, haven't they? And they've won three out of the last four at the King Power. So it's a tough game. I, I kind of think uh, one each or something. I, I even think they could sneak it 1-0 or 2-0, but I'm not going to go for that. Um, so I'm going to go one all. I think a bit of, it won't won't be an easy game. Um, that was a haunting game last season, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, Neil, Neil. That was when Champions League football really deserted us. I think. I think we played Southampton on the Monday night, and then played well or the other way around, then played Newcastle uh, the following week, and we got battered. Joe Willock gave a masterclass to us that night. Yeah, and I think you joined us post-match for that one. We all had a big cry together about what that one. Because I think I was really drunk that night. Yeah. Don't worry, we were as well. Just on, <laughs> not, on, not on the alcohol, just on the football. Of just useless. Um, but yeah, it was it was it was a it was a terrible performance then, and just complete again. Can't tell you why we were just so terrible, but we just genuinely were. I think we'll turn it round against Newcastle. I think we'll get a two-one, three-one win. But I, but I don't think it'll be a convincing win. I think, I think, what fans are thinking is the fan is or the, the for me once, shame on you. For me twice. Well, no. Even if we go and win our next three games, I think the fan base is kind of it's kind of locked where it is, in my opinion. That's a worry, isn't it? Because we've been built on this goodwill of the fans over the last few years of, of excitement, and it's brought a lot to the city as well. But there is a real stench of negativity at the moment yeah it can if it was a, a blip then i can understand but now it just seems like this is a hole that hopefully we can crawl out of but knowing that one result can put us straight back in again that's the thing and if because the, the points won't be addressed and that's my main concern and speaking to liverpool fans they kind of have said the same thing they've not he's not learned his lesson since he was at liverpool so that's worrying if they're saying that was it was it Reading fans that had said the same? Was it Reading where he had the third season syndrome at as well? Uh, it seems to be a yeah. I'm sure it, it's one set or the other. It was either Reading or uh, Swansea that had said the same thing that they were having there. I don't think it was Swansea because he left there to go Liverpool. But I'll look it up. I don't know. I've not had time to prepare. Um, <laughs> Steve mentioned actually we lost a couple of the, the recent games. We have won ten of the last thirteen, Tom, against Newcastle. There's not been a single draw in, in those thirteen games. Right. Um, are you expecting quite an open game or something? Yeah, I think so. I think um, you know with Madison picking up a bit of form, he's he's got it in him to find the gaps. Um, but 
it's really difficult going into into the KP at the moment and feeling like you're going to come away with a win, isn't it? So um, I think it'll be a, a two-all absolute scrap and with a bit of scandal in it. You're, you're after a bit of scandal. Do you know what I was thinking earlier? I was looking, I always look ahead for the danger men when uh, whoever we're playing so we can discuss it on the show. So I was thinking, great, you know, we talk about Sen, Maximum, Almiron, uh, Callum Wilson, but you know it's going to be Jamal Lasalle's and Fabian Shaw, don't you? That's going to come and steal the show <laughs> <Yeah>. against us. Bravka hat trick. What's what's the what do they say about us? The ever obliging Leicester City uh, <laughs> people that don't score forever will come and break their ducks against us. Joe Linton scored one goal in his entire life. Uh, he'll get a, <laughs> get, get a hat trick on Saturday on Sunday. Steve, will you be watching the game on Sunday? I certainly will. Yeah, you're back up the road by then. Uh, yeah, I'm going back on Friday, so yeah, I'll be ready to watch the game on Sunday. Yeah, what's your, what's your thoughts? We're, we're gonna get a gonna get a victory. Well, I told you, I think it'll be one all. Okay, Barry, what's your prediction for Sunday? Um, I think it's going to be. I, I think Newcastle is going to go two 0 up, unless they'll get it to two all. God, that sounds like an absolute horror afternoon for us again. Tom, we'll need a we'll need a beer after that. That's one. what I'm expecting. <laughs> Neil, would you mind telling us in a really long way that you're not going to make a prediction again? <laughs> I thought I made it. I thought it was a 2-1, I thought I said. Yeah, you did, yeah, yeah. Oh, did you? I'm, I'm obviously not listening. Um, but, but no, the games are coming thick and fast. And after that, we've got Spurs on Thursday and Everton the following Sunday. And then an absolute horror show with a Christmas schedule list. Liverpool, Man City and Liverpool uh, in those three games in the Cup Happy and, Cup and League. I know <laughs> there'll be plenty of alcohol sunk this Christmas with those with those games coming up. Uh, Neil, will you be getting too many games over the Christmas period? Have you got anything planned in? Um, I'm going to try to get to a couple. I'm not sure particularly which ones, um, just with work and everything being tough at the moment. Um, but also, it's it's cold and when it's cold and rubbish, and Leicester not playing well, it, it really demotivates you from going down to the ground. I'm not going to lie. You're sitting there pissing wet. Um, and you're cold and you're right. I've just paid money to watch that. I don't, because, and one of the things is, I don't leave, I've never left the ground early. So I'm very stubborn, like Brendan Rodgers in that aspect so we, where you see it to like the 90th minute and you go home, like, right, why did I stay for that? But at least I've kept my, like, my, at least I'm true to my word. Yeah, you've got to stay there and boo him, haven't you? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I just find you and boo you instead. Yeah, it's, uh, this is <laughs> this is me taking the temperature of the fan base there and, uh, and joining in. A uh, bit of bit of news tonight: the FA Cup draw has been made. Tough draw for your guys, Barry, uh, but also another return to Leicester for Claudio Ranieri. We've got Watford at home in the the third round of the FA Cup as we start our defence. How do you feel about that draw, Tom? It's good. I'm uh, always always uh, happy to welcome old Claudio back. Don't really care so much about Watford. Just I always, always, always wanted us just to get a, a local rival in the, the third round. I never seem to, yeah. never seem to pull one of those out. Do they? I know they don't get past the third round. Forest, Derby, Coventry, that one. But it'd be nice. <laughs> it'd be nice to get, get past relegation at the moment. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, a coffer, coffer up there though, aren't they? Imagine if they got promoted. That'd be that'd be oh, some story. That'd be good fun. That would be good fun. Some uh, some days happen. on the M sixty nine. They like the champ, won't they? Yeah, <laughs> they will. They will. Listen, guys, that's about it for for this evening. But I just wanted to to thank you, Neil, for for joining us. Will you join us again at some point? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, it's been good fun. I've enjoyed it. So it's just been yeah, talking. Less cities. 
it's, it's nice talking about Leicester when we're winning, though. Um, yeah. So if they could sort that out, it's it's much more enjoyable. Well, we'll have a word with Brendan and the, the boys. Uh, Barry's still smiling for anyone that's listening. <laughs> He's not putting his CV through for the set piece coach. Yeah. Do you know what? I've I've spent many hours on Football Manager now, so I'll be able to. My, my Celtic side hasn't conceded for I don't know how many minutes. That's cheating, <laughs> cheating though, really. No, I won't get the job. Uh, Barry, I presume you've got a good week ahead of you with this. This happened. Aberdeen won at the weekend as well, didn't they? It did, yeah. Um, it's quite. Oh, we're we're uh, weaning our wee boy off uh, breastfeeding, so we're having we've had two nights of it, and it's been all right. It hasn't been too mad. Um, and this weekend, I'm taking him away from mum for the weekend, and it, that's a cut cut of milk, no more milk. Good luck. Are you weaning off? Stop! Stop! I'm taking advantage of it. You can tell by my fatty cheeks. <laughs> I'm going to have to edit that. Cheers, guys. <laughs> Steve, I hope you have a good time down in uh, down in south of the border with your native folk this week. Um, try try and uh, catch the game on Thursday and uh, and I hope we get a win there. And Tom, I'll see you on Sunday for the, for the game. Certainly looking, will. Looking forward to it. Well, yeah, always looking forward to it, mate. Great. Well, thanks for listening. If you've uh, enjoyed the show tonight, let us know. It's been another episode of It's Eleven, It's Heaven for Jamie Vardy, and we'll join you again next week. Bye-bye.